All right, top of the hour. Let's just get rolling with it. So I had uh, Catherine Brink, a collaborative divorce lawyer, lined up as a guest actually two or three weeks ago, and I messed it up. So that one was on me. And uh, today, um, uh, a common cold has, has messed it up for Catherine. So she's unfortunately unable to join us this morning. We've rebooked her for next week. So eventually this, this conversation will happen. And, and I think it will be a useful one. So next week, uh, Catherine Brink, a collaborative divorce lawyer, which is what it sounds like. Collaborative. You actually work together. It'll be an interesting conversation, um, I suspect, for many. Uh, anyway, we'll get into that. So what did I do for today? What have I done? I took a conversation that I had last night and um, I wrote a little spiel about it. And yes, I know I need to get a teleprompter so that my eyes stay up here instead of dropping down there. I know, I know, I know. Uh, but that's only for the video piece. That's only for you lucky folks that tune in live. For the audio, it's not really an issue for the podcast uh, on Spotify and iTunes, I think. So I've got two topics. I'm going to give you two sort of macro thoughts for the day. The first one is the answer to the question that's being asked a lot this week by a few people who are really struggling with uh, getting certain files across the finish line. It's one of the highest pressure month ends ever. And that first question is, am I getting sued? So, um, well, I'll map that whole thing out, as I say, based on an email I got late last night and uh, about a 45 minute phone call that I had with a, with a broker about whether or not they're going to get sued. So we'll get into that. And then the second piece, I don't even know if I really put a title on it. Let's call it Spark. It's got a lot to do with top producers. And um, make sure I've got all my pages in order. Uh-oh. Bear with me. Bear with me. Oh, yeah. No, there we go. All good. This is the part we edit out of the uh, final production. Okay. I apologize for gobbling up a minute of your time. <clears throat> Am I getting sued? Absolutely a thought that will unfortunately go through your brain at some point in your brokering career. The short answer to this question is probably not. Probably not, but that's not how it tends to feel in the moment. So often uh, in this business, we have moments where we think we've made or may have been part of the making of a terrible mistake, a huge mistake, a costly mistake. It's going to cost somebody some money. Is it going to cost me money? Our minds immediately go to the worst case and we do the worst case math and apply it to the present moment. Uh, so for instance, you know, my clients have a hundred thousand dollar deposit on the line. Everything is going sideways. Am I going to have to write a hundred thousand dollar check Friday? Uh, I don't have that kind of money. What am I going to do? Oh my gosh, I'm going to be ruined. Uh, you know, I'm going to lose my savings. I'm going to lose my license, my career, my house, my family, my sense of self-worth, blah, 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 blah. Oh, tiger. Calm down. Come down, but not too far down. Don't go all the way down, but just pause, breathe, think. Is it all really over? It's almost never over. 
you're having that thought, you're jumping to the conclusion, it's not over, it's not over yet. So I used to work in the automotive space. And here's what I know about engines. Engines run when they have the right mix of four things, right? It boils down to air, fuel, timing of the spark. Air, fuel, timing, and spark. That's it. Some oxygen, some gas, a spark, boom, got the right timing, the engine runs. That's what makes an engine run. Getting a mortgage funded also has four key ingredients, right? There's down payment, there's income, and there's timing, and there's the spark. And you're the spark in this case. You're the magic that keeps, keeps it all running. You have to be the spark. You have to keep lighting it up with different ideas as to what can we do around the down payment? What can we do around the income? What can we do with the timing of this whole thing? So from the idea generating piece of the brain, you got to come up with the first thoughts need to be, who can I call? I can call the client, right? More income, more down payment and time. Fix every file. The realtor, that's where the time is probably going to come from. Can I call the realtor and get an extension? But maybe you first want to call a few other people in the mix. Maybe there's a mentor, your managing broker, uh, the lender in question, you might want to call their BDM. You may want to call the lender's head of brokering, that one that you met at the conference that one time. Okay, you might want to call the president of your network um, or the president of another network. You might want to call somebody who's connected to the heads of brokering at the lenders. You may want to call other BDMs from other lenders. There's a lot of different people you can call. You may even call uh, your pal, you know, the, the MMS that works at another bank, that a competing bank that isn't even in the broker channel. And you may actually want to schedule a call with your therapist. This is very important. Have you truly exhausted every possible way to save this file? Have you asked every question of everyone that you could possibly ask a question of? Probably not, right? Have you called every last person that could possibly offer some kind of solution? You probably haven't exhausted that list yet. So if you have done few or any of these things in your mind, if, if you haven't done any of these things in your mind, you're writing this check in three days, which you're not, you're not writing a check in three days, which you can't cash, which nobody can cash. Stop, get out of your head and get into reality. When we go worst case, we tend to also lose all perspective of time. So if, and it is a very, very big if, if this file doesn't close, if it doesn't close, what happens to the deposit money? Is it gone? <laughs> like that, like the seller, or pardon me, the buyer, but the seller, I should say, the seller runs off with the buyer's deposit money. Is that what happens? No, no, that's not what happens. The deposit is held in a trust account and the signatures of both the buyer and the seller are required to release that cash. So they have to agree or they have to get a judgment. Otherwise that money just sits in trust. It's not gone yet. Neither one can walk away with it, not even for non-completion, not easily. It could take a full year. It could take longer. It could take three years to get those funds. A year, not three days, a year. And it's not up to you to make a decision on that just yet. And if there is a court case, if people are getting sued, it won't just be you named in the suit. You know, it's cold comfort, but it'll also be the realtor and the lender and anyone else that the lawyers can tag, maybe the appraiser, maybe another lawyer someone who was deemed to have reviewed the purchase sale contract. Why is everybody else getting tagged? Because everyone carries insurance. You have insurance, right? I mean, it's crazy, but it's actually optional in some provinces. Make sure your brokerage is carrying Arizona Missions insurance that covers you. 
but everyone has, generally speaking, insurance behind them. And so the plaintiff, the person doing the suing, they want to maximize their chances of getting paid by somebody, anybody, somebody's insurance company, anybody's insurance company. They don't really care. They just want to get paid. That's what they're after. They want to get their money back. Now, how long does it take to wind its way through a court? Easily three years. I've seen some of these cases take six years. So, but let's say four years. So if it's $100,000 on the line and that was the judgment against you, that's $25,000 per year. Now that's not nothing, but can you push your production up by $3 million per year to budget for this? Of course you can. Every single one of you knows this to be true. You know exactly what to do to push your production up another $3 million. It's right there for the taking. The other thing actually to keep in mind going off script just, just briefly is people also think, wow, I'm going to wind up paying for all the court costs. That's a really important uh, distinction to make. So there's allowable costs and there's actual costs. So it can easily cost between thirty dollars and $40,000 to get up to the courthouse steps, never mind actually going through them. So you're easily going to spend, somebody suing you is easily going to spend $20,000, $40,000 just to get to the courthouse steps three years from now. But if they go through the court and the costs mount and the court costs are, say, $80,000 and you're found to be the one culpable, a lot of times the assignment isn't the $80,000 legal bill. It's allowable costs. And that can easily drop to 15%, give or take, the actual cost. So that $80,000 can suddenly be $12,000. So, yeah, you're paying lawyer's costs, but you're actually only paying about twelve grand of the eighty grand which is another thing that slows people down from doing the suing because they're going to spend a lot of money. They're not necessarily going to get all that money back. So as I say, it's, it's, it's all of that is of course, as well, setting aside the fact that you do have Arizona emissions insurance. So you may only be facing a $5,000 deductible to the insurance company, you know, that's what it is. And I did it again, didn't I? I kind of buried the lead. Like, wait a minute, this $100,000 problem might only be a $5,000 problem. Insurance, insurance. But I did so because the first things you want to be thinking are not, well, the insurance company will take care of it. The first things you want to be thinking are, how can I fix this? Who can I call? Right? How can I fix this? Who can I call? Who else can I call? That's all you should be thinking about. Solution, solution, solution. Don't go to ground. Don't go silent. Don't hide get in the game and figure it out. And only once every single effort to get that file complete and closed has failed, which is almost never the case, only once the dust has settled, the funding date has passed, the lawyers have been called by the buyer and or seller, only then do you start actually quantifying the potential damage. And even then you're insured. So it's probably more reputational than financial. And that can hurt your heart a lot. But Again, how big a deal is this going to be? Everybody's very busy with their own lives. Not that many people are paying attention to the court dockets. And again, time. This is going to be resolved two, three, four years later if it goes the distance. So will it be stressful if it goes that way? Well, arguably only if you let it be, right? I mean, again, quantify your worst case scenario, budget it out, build a plan, set up an account, start dropping money in it, and work towards it. And then you may have a pleasant surprise of not being found 100% responsible for the whole thing. And you may not have to write a very big check at all, but budget accordingly. And also, as I say, the therapist, the therapist, the therapist, that's how you relieve your stress. So stop fast forwarding to the part 
where you're picturing yourself in a courtroom and a witness box being cross-examined by like John Grisham himself or something, that's not going to happen. You're not going to go to jail. You're not going to be financially ruined. You will get past this. You will. You will get past this. This too shall pass. That's what I was going to try and say. Stay planted in the reality of the here and now. Who are you? You're the fixer. So get fixing. Now, all of what I just took you through was predicated on an email that I received last night around 6 p.m. and the subsequent 45-minute conversation with the broker who sent the email. Now, what did the broker discover this morning after they made a few calls? Well, the first call was to the realtor about getting an extension. What did the realtor have to say? That they understand these things sometimes happen. Whoa, the realtor didn't bite the broker's head off and yell and scream. They get it. And the sale, as it turns out, is an estate sale meaning no, the seller does not need the sale proceeds to complete another purchase. Massive amount of pressure relieved. That's good information to have. In fact, that might be something to add to your checklist up front, knowing what the seller's deal is on the other side of the coin, right? Further, the realtor believe they can get an extension, not two days, don't ask for two days, ask for two weeks, ask for a month. Time, remember time, time is your friend. It's a key ingredient. And the realtor is now working on getting that extension. Realtors want to see things hold together too. The seller wants it to hold together, especially in the market we're in. The buyer wants it to hold together because they've already sold, in most cases, their place or given notice, and they're packing their life up into a moving van, right? So let's talk about the buyer. Let's talk about the client. That was the next phone call. The next phone call was to the client. What did the client have to say? Again, anticipate the client's primary concerns. Who is this client? Are they a single parent with multiple kids? Do they have multiple pets? What does it look like? Do they have another property that they could go reside in? Or have they sold their only home and their whole life is now packed up in a moving van on the curb? What time of year is it? Is it winter? Is it summer? Are there kids in school? What, what do things look like? And are there pets? Pets, pets, pets. That's a, that's a wild card throwing in here into the equation here. So in this case, the broker offered to cover an Airbnb for the first week while this gets figured out, alleviating this concern. If the extension's two weeks, the broker will cover the Airbnb for two weeks, whatever it takes to get this across the finish line. And if there's pets, they could offer pet daycare as well, depending on whether they could land an Airbnb that allows pets. These are the variables, right? These are the variables. The next concern the client is going to have is, is this whole thing falling apart? Am I going to have to find a whole other home to buy? And the broker then let, them know, let the client know the realtor's working on an extension. Everybody wants this to complete. All involved are all in on a solution. And we have now one of the key ingredients to save this time, right? Then the broker asks the next key question. Is there a family member that can add either income or down payment? The other two key ingredients to this equation to help get it across the finish line. And indeed, it seems like there's a conversation to be had there. So blood pressures are, are, are leveling out. Once we see how simple what we're after is, then we can calm down and start working towards the fix. Like, I get it. It's overwhelming when it's all coming apart. It's a bit like popping the hood on the latest 16-cylinder. And I know the hood is at the back. You're popping the back. But it's like popping the, popping the, the engine cover off of a 16-cylinder you know, quad-turbo Bugatti making 1,500 horsepower. This is like a crazy-looking engine. But at its core, it works the same way as your 30-year-old 1.5-horsepower lawnmower, right? Air, fuel, timing spark. And for all real estate's complexity, for all the moving parts, it always boils down to those same similar set of factors, income, down payment, and time. And of course, you, the spark. 
So be the spark. Go be the spark, figure out the solution, and leverage all those other brains around you that also want the client to have a successful resolution, that also want you to have a successful resolution. Stay awesome.